Good morning and welcome to another episode of the Berean Post devotional podcast. We have been going through 1 Corinthians 9, um, for those of you that have been following along. And we're going to continue this morning with 1 Corinthians 9, 15 to 18. I'm just going to go ahead and jump in with the text, as is my usual custom. Paul starts by saying, I have used none of these things, nor have I written these things, that it should be done so to me. For it would be better for me to die than anyone should make my boasting void. For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of, for necessity is laid upon me. Yes, woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. For if I do this willingly, I have a reward. But against my will, I have been entrusted with a stewardship. What is my reward then? That when I preach the gospel, I may present the gospel of Christ without charge, that I may not abuse my authority in the gospel. Paul begins by stating that he has not used his rights or privileges expected from apostle or teacher of the gospel. Instead, he makes a deliberate choice to abstain from seeking personal gain or glory in these matters. Financial independence is a crucial aspect of Paul's approach, with preference for self-support rather than relying on the financial assistance of the churches he served. In the prior passage, 1 Corinthians uh, 9, 12, the apostle argues that while he has a right to financial support, this right is not exercised to prevent any hindrance to the gospel, even if it means enduring hardship. For Paul, the central focus lies on Christ and the gospel's message, not his personal acclaim or gain. This perspective is clearly expressed in a specific verse in 1 Corinthians 2, 2, where the apostle states that the decision his decision is to know nothing among the audience except Christ, Jesus Christ and his crucifixion. Paul is aware of false teachers seeking personal gain and distorting the gospel's message. In a specific warning in Philippians 3, 18-19, he warns against those teachers and preachers who would prioritize personal desires over the gospel. The example Paul set forth was a commitment to avoid personal gain as a protective measure against the accusation of being such an individual. In other words, he left no room for his good to be evil spoken of. The historical context is important in the Roman <coughs> in the Roman world. It's, it was customary for philosophers, teachers, and religious leaders to seek financial support for or or patronage. The apostle the apostle's decision to forego these privileges and rights goes against this cultural norm, highlighting a Countercultural stance that emphasizes the distinctiveness of the Christian message. Paul's sense of necessity in preaching the gospel is rooted in his dramatic in his dramatic encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. This event radically transformed him from a persecuted Christian to a devoted follower of Christ. Paul often referred to this encounter as a direct calling from God. The apostles saw himself as an apostle with a specific mission to bring the message of salvation to the Gentiles. For Paul, this calling was not a human decision, but a divine appointment. In Galatians 1.1, Paul asserts that he is an apostle not from men, nor through men, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. He frequently ex expresses this motivation in terms of the love of Christ. In 2 Corinthians uh, 5.14, he states, for the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore 
of a dove. One translation says, for the love of God compels us. This deep sense of gratitude and love compels him to share the transformative message of Christ. And if he were to neglect to preach the gospel, Paul understands the eternal consequences of people not hearing the gospel. Therefore, his distress is, is rooted in genuine concern for the salvation of others. The Apostles' eschatological perspective and belief in the imminent return of Christ in the final judgment also provided the motivation for the urgency in preaching the gospel. He sees a limited time to fulfill his mission and strives to make the most of the opportunities presented to him. Paul's commitment to preaching the gospel is evident in the numerous hardships he faces. Despite facing persecution, imprisonment, and other challenges, he remains steadfast in his mission. His resilience underscores the non-negotiable nature of his calling. Paul's reward, as he explained, is linked to how he preaches. The apostle aims to present the gospel without charge, meaning he doesn't seek financial compensation for sharing the message. This approach safeguards him against any accusations that he was exploiting his authority or using the gospel for personal gain. Despite the compulsion he feels, Paul recognizes there's a reward when he preaches the gospel willingly. This reward is not financial or material gain, it's the satisfaction of fulfilling his calling and stewardship. The apostle sees himself as a steward or caretaker of the gospel message. It's a responsibility given to him and he must fulfill it faithfully, whether he does so willingly or against his inclinations. So for application, today ministers can glean some great insights from Paul's ministry. Those who enter the ministry should embrace humility, avoiding personal by avoiding pursuing personal gain and glory in ministry, and prioritizing the transformative message of Christ over personal acclaim. Ministers of Christ must show vigilance against the distortions and false teachings, and this requires a commitment to safeguarding the purity of the gospel. O over the years, we've witnessed people in churches who walk around the church buildings in their expensive suits with brass labels that read Apostle so-and-so or Prophet so-and-so. The young visiting pastor was told by one of these label-wearing apostles that if the young minister left the denomination movement he was currently in and joined the apostles' movement, success was an absolute outcome. Likely, success meant having, you know, a big building filled with people coming to listen to his apostolic wisdom. While we're in no position to judge the motivation of this seemingly ambitious apostle, we can't help but compare his words and general air with that of the apostle Paul. Paul's goal was not to write 13 books of the New Testament, nor was his goal to plant churches. He had one goal, to preach Christ and Him crucified, a message that was, was an obstacle to the Jews and foolishness to the Greeks. Yet because he experienced the risen Christ and was faithful to preach the word, many wonderful things did occur. Churches were planted, letters were written, and today Paul is considered one of the greatest legal minds of his time. But that's not what Paul set out to accomplish. Ministers today should ministers today should not worry about salaries or ecclesiastical careers or positions. These concepts are foreign to the Bible record. Rather, ministers should ask the question, am I called by God? This question at some point should resolve with a yes, I am, or no, I am not. It would naturally follow that any other question is irrelevant. In that sense, it's much like marriage, for better or worse. And during ministry, is never, nor should it ever be, about upward mobility, whether it be social, vocational, or ecclesiastical. 
Pastors should preach the word inside and out with faith. The Father shall provide for all their needs. Church leaders should humble themselves before the Lord, and in time, God will lift them up. In addition, ministers can draw inspiration from Paul's sense of necessity and urgency in preaching, viewing their calling as a divine appointment with eternal consequences. Lastly, ministers are given, through Paul's example, a way to find reward in the intrinsic satisfaction of fulfilling their stewardship and to approach preaching with a commitment to financial independence, emphasizing the integrity of their message. Yes, we highly recommend that ministers follow Paul's example with regards to being independently self-employed. Unfortunately, when a minister is self-employed, many of those who are blessed by the minister's spiritual care and insight sees financial independence as a reason not to give. Instead, seeing this is an instead of seeing this as an opportunity to bless the man or the woman of God. <clears throat> Still, when God's servant is free from depending on financial support of those to whom he ministers, he is at the same time free to preach the truth and comfort and confront those who oppose the gospel by their lifestyle and words, while at the same time free of the worry of the truth affecting his paycheck or tithes dropping.